Father, we just want to pray that you will cause the preacher and the speaker to vanish. He's unimportant. But may you and your word remain, for you are all important. So we pray for your spirit today, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Well, for those of you who haven't been with us over the past um, three weeks or so, um, we'll be going through a series looking at the marks of true Christianity. You see, people in England, people in the West, often think that they are Christians. And yet they say that because they're born in the UK or they're born in the West or they may have been christened as a baby and they come away and they think to themselves, I am a Christian. But the truth of the matter is these people are not Christians as far as the Bible will indicate. There are certain marks of true Christianity. And we really looked at three of them and we said, um, first of all, that one of those marks of true Christianity is repentance. Where someone has regret and remorse for the things they have done in the past that causes them to change their thinking. No longer do they want to do, no longer uh, are they thinking that those things are attractive and wonderful. They're full of shame and regret and remorse that they want to change. So repentance is the first mark of a true Christian. After that, we looked at faith. And we say that not only does a man or woman have to repent, but they must place their faith in one person only. Now I have to say, and I say this um, with the greatest respect and with the greatest love, I have to say this, that the Catholic Church is incapable of producing true Bible-believing Christians. Now, my mother was a staunch Catholic. She was so much a Catholic that we always had to have fish on Friday. She um, um, named one of my sisters, her daughter, after a saint, Saint Bernadette, and she was very into the Catholic Church until... She was about 60 years of age when she heard that the gospel of Jesus Christ requires you to put your faith only in one person and in one person alone. Whereas the Catholic Church will tell you that that is not enough. You need to put your faith in Mary and pray to her. You need to put your faith not only in her but also in Peter, and in James, and in John, and in Bartholomew, and Nathaniel, and all the other apostles. Not only that, but you need to pray to the saints, whether it is Benedict, or whether it is Mother Teresa, or some other saint, and they add, and add, and add. But the faith of the Bible is this, that there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There's only one name. You cannot add to it. 
cannot add Peter or Paul or James or John. You cannot add to Mary or, or anyone else. It has to be faith in Christ and Christ alone. Now, my dear mother heard that when she was 60 years old. She came out of the Catholic Church and she began to follow Jesus Christ. So, faith is so important. But after we spoke about faith, we also went on, and faith in Christ alone, we also went on to say, after these things have happened, you're born again. But another mark is perseverance. To persevere when things get hard, when things are going in your life that you do not understand when things are going in your life, when it's hurting and it's painful. To A true Christian does not give up, but a true believer knows what it is to persevere through the difficulties. You know, I just heard over in um, China last month, a church called the Early Rain Community Church on the 9th of December the pastor of that church, a man called Wong Ying, and his wife was arrested for conducting a Christian meeting. And not only were they arrested, but a hundred of the members of the church were arrested as well. Now, if he is convicted of going against the government, he is um, looking at a 15-year stretch in prison. That's happening over in China. Just imagine what's happening here. Me and Kim gets arrested. Because we're holding a church service. And a hundred of you, I think there's about a hundred here this morning, possibly. A hundred of you. Also, because you're in a public place of worship, get arrested as well. That is happening on the other side of the world in China. But the Christians there, because they are truly saved, they are persevering. They're not giving up. They're not turning around and saying, hey, you know what, I, I used to like this club, but now it's getting a bit hot, I'm coming out. No, no, no. Because they're truly born again, truly saved, they are willing to persevere through difficulties. And so those are the three marks we looked at so far. Repentance, faith, and persevering. What is the fourth mark? There's five. Well, there may be more, but I'm only going to go for five. What is the fourth mark of someone who claims to be a Christian? Not because they're born in a Christian country, not because their parents are Christians, but because they themselves have had those things happen to them. What is the fourth mark? Well, the fourth mark is this. The fourth mark is bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. So my first um, heading this morning then is looking at being connected. Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now before we think that Christianity is all about us, we've been singing that song I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Before we think it's about us, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about you getting your life sorted out and getting God to work for you. 
That's not about it. It's all about him. And so Jesus opens up this, this chapter and he says, I am the true vine. Anytime you hear or read or see the words of Jesus, I am, he's actually speaking about his equality with God. Because God is the one who's called I am in the Old Testament and Jesus comes into the new and he claims and he says, I am. Now I received a very um, interesting um, um, question from, um, from Darren actually. Darren, a couple of weeks ago, Darren texted me a very interesting um, um, question. Thanks for that, Darren. And, and, and he brought this verse up and he says this. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. The question is, who judges? God or the Son? Who judges men? God or Jesus Christ? And so we looked at that verse and, and, and before that, Jesus says this, it gives us the answer. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Now all may honour the Son just as they honour the Father. I just love that. God is not the one who's going to judge he has given all authority to judge to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, why? Well, Jesus said here, you know, just as the Father has life in himself, so the Son also has life in himself. Now, when Jesus says all this, speaking about the life he has, he says, I am the true vine. Well, what does that mean? Well, when he says, I am the true fine, he says that God is the gardener. Now, I haven't got green fingers. I, I hate gardening. In fact, if I'm going to tell Kim I'm going out to do a bit of gardening, she would have to come out with me and tell me, well, that is a weed and that is a flower. You pull up that and you don't pull up this because... Years gone by, I've come to her and I said, Oh, Kim, done a bit of gardening. And she said, What? And she goes out and everything is bare. That's my gardening. I, I can chop down anything, okay, and just wipe it all out. But my neighbor, uh, Bob, he's, he's a great neighbor, one of the best neighbors you can have. He's, he's, he's got green fingers. And, and, and he's made these hanging baskets, all by himself, you know, just didn't buy them from the shop, he made them all by himself, this beautiful hanging basket that was coming down really large, and he had them in his garden, and he went on holiday, and he said, Jerry, could you go over my wall and water my garden? I was nervous. I thought, just climbing over the wall will destroy everything. So I climbed over the wall, and I, and I, and I sat in his garden, and I looked at all the beautiful colours that was all around the reds and the pinks and the blues. And, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I just realized that this man, out of nothing, created 
Something beautiful in his garden. Now, Jesus says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. Listen, he can take your life. However messed up you might think your life might be. However sad areas of your life may be. However hard and difficult your life has been in the past. God is able to come into your life and to create and to make something beautiful out of the chaos. To bring peace and beauty and joy into your life when before there was confusion and upset and and pain. He is able as a gardener to come into your life and like my neighbor Bob, who's able to create something beautiful out of nothing, God is able to come into your world as a gardener and to create something beautiful in your life. Well, Jesus says that I am the fine and my father is the gardener. Now, just sticking with the whole gardening thing. If you want life, Jesus says, because I have life. If you want life, then you have to be grafted into me. And those of you who know a little bit about gardening will know that there's certain plants that can be grafted into another plant. Roses are one of them. Also, fruit trees, like citrus trees, can be used, can be grafted. So what they do is they take the head of, a, of another plant and maybe it's broken off and, and, and maybe it has no root, but they cut that off and they take it and they graft it into another plant that has roots going into the ground. And this new piece that's been grafted in draws the nourishment, draws the water, draws everything it needs from that plant and then produces fruit. That's what grafting means. Now, Jesus is saying this. He says this. When a person is outside of Christ, when they're born, they're outside of me, I don't care if they have a nice family, don't care if they have a nice background, or they may even have a violent background. It doesn't matter what background they may have. They are outside of me, and they have no life. But what happens is that God takes them and he grafts them in. He plugs them in, to use a, 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 a non-farmer's um, term. You know, we, you know, we always plug our, our laptops in and plug our mobile phones in. We know what it is to plug things in. You don't plug it in, you have no power. But back in the day, they didn't have those things. But the grafting they had. And when and God takes a, a, a man who, or a woman who was once dead, had no life, and he grafts them in to the Lord Jesus Christ. And because Jesus has life in himself, he's able to give life to that ingrafted plant, to that man, to that woman who's come in. And that's what he means when he says, I am the vine. Now, if you are plugged in, if you are grafted in, then you will bear fruit. If you're not, then you will not bear fruit. In fact, many branches seem to be near the vine. 
you know, they, they look like they are connected. They look like they are around the fine. If you look at them, you think they, they look the same. And look at us, all of us here. You know, we all look the same. You know, we've got two hands and a head and we all look the same. But not everyone is grafted in. The only one who will know is God himself. Because the Bible says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. And in fact, what Jesus, what, what the Bible says in the Old Testament, God was speaking to uh, Samuel and he said this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord, he's not concerned about what you look like on the outside. Whether you're wearing you know, designer clothing or having designer glasses on or wearing a smart gear. He's not interested in what you look on the outside. The Lord looks on the heart. So he's the gardener. And even though we look out at the church and we see everyone the same, tall and small people, there are some who are connected and they're bearing fruit. But there are others who are not connected. And the only one who truly knows is God himself. So, connected. Let's go on and, and, and look at being unconnected. Well, in our Bible reading here, you know, it does speak about being unconnected. And I have to say, I need to preach this next part with a lot of gentleness, a lot of love, because it's very serious of not being connected. And so, you know, being unconnected looks like um, a person um, who is who's not connected to Jesus Christ. They may be in church. They may hang around with other branches. They may sing and worship, raise their hands, but they're not connected. They may be married to someone who is connected or going out with someone who is connected and, and they come along occasionally, but they themselves are not connected. Well, Jesus says three things about that person. And they're quite serious things. So let me just go through them. Um, and I want to remind you, this is not my words. I'm trying to preach faithfully to what Jesus says in this chapter. So three things he says. The first is this. He says, my father cuts them off. So there he is. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. This may be surprising to read because in our society, people like to think of God as a soft touch. You go into America and, and they will say, you know, God bless America. And they will speak about God on their, on their money, in God we trust. You come to the UK and even today I was in Tesco's and I was buying some, 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 some small things for, for breakfast and as I was in there, the guy behind the counter goes to me, God bless. And um, I smiled and I left him as a nice gesture but I know, you know, he thinks of God as a, you know, as, as, as a soft touch. And if you go over to Hollywood then God is painted as an old man. Or if he's not painted as an old man, he's either painted as a black man who looks like Morgan Freeman. Still old. 
and still powerless. That's the goal of our society. But the point I'm making is that our society paints God as harmless. But Jesus says God is not harmless. According to Jesus, when the father sees a dead branch amongst the living ones, what does he do? He doesn't ignore that branch. The Bible says Jesus, he cuts off. It's God, the father, who cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. That's serious. That's the first thing I want to say about this passage. The second thing I want to say about this passage as well um, is that um, the person who's not connected is powerless. Look what Jesus says. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What does Jesus mean? I can hear someone say, hold on, <laughs> I don't need this Jesus. I can go about, and I can work, and you know, I've, I've got a mortgage, I've got a family, I've got, I've got, I can do all these things. I, I don't need your Jesus. What does he mean? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look at my life. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. I don't need your Jesus. What Jesus said means when he said, apart from me, you can do nothing, he means this. Apart from me, you cannot please God. Whatever else you may think you can do, whatever else you may think you can achieve, you can go and do charity work. You can sleep on the streets to bring awareness to homelessness. You can give your time to charity. You can give your money to charity. You can be the nicest person. But if you do not, and if you are not, plugged into Christ, you are powerless. All your good works becomes none and avoid. Becomes something the Bible says is as filthy rags. Without being plugged in, you are powerless. But not only powerless, there's a little bit more step to that. Look what Jesus says. It says this, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on him. It's not just simply, oh, I don't need Christ, I can do my own thing. Not only do you not please him, but what Jesus said is that God's displeasure is on your life. God's anger is on your life. God's wrath is on your life. If you are not plugged in, then you have not his smile, but his frown. You have not his blessing, but his curse. You have God against you. That's what you have. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. He's not messing around with words here. He is speaking this the night he was about to go to the cross. He was just about to be crucified, just about to be nailed to a tree. And before he went, he said to the disciples, I can't mess around with you guys. I need to give it to you straight. You've got to be grafted in. You've got to be plugged in. Because if you're not, then you do not belong to me. That's how serious He's speaking, but he gets even more serious. You think that's not serious enough? The third thing is even more serious. So the first, if you're not plugged in, he says you're powerless. You're not plugged in, the father cuts you off. The third thing is this. If you're not plugged in, then the branches are taken up 
and thrown into the fire. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. My dear friends, I preach this with a heavy heart. No preachers want to be preaching to the congregation about branches that are not connected. No preacher wants to preach to a church about God picking up branches who are not connected and throwing them into the fire. Preachers want to preach good messages. Messages that give people a good feeling, a good lift, and leave the church and say, ah, oh, that's a great message, man, I feel great. You know, this guy's really hit me on the right pathway and I feel really great now. That's what preachers want to send the congregation away, feeling great. They don't want to preach what Jesus preached here. And I preach with a heavy heart, I have to say this. And he says that there are those who are among the branches, they're around the vine, they're in close proximity to Jesus Christ. They mix with Christians and speak with Christians and it's all wonderful, but they are not plugged in. They're not connected. And because they're not connected, it says that the Father cuts them off, picks them up, takes them to the place of burning and throws them in. How serious is that? Nobody wants to preach that. But if you read John chapter 15, you've got to preach it. If you read John chapter 15, you've got to see it for yourself. This is not my words. These are the words of Christ. Jesus is speaking. And he said, I am the vine. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. But apart from me, not only can you not please God, but apart from me, you will have God's wrath upon you. And apart from me, he will pick you up. And there will be a time where you will be cast, not into glory, not into the presence of God, but you will be cast into the lake of burning and fire. And that is what he preaches. Now, bearing fruit will be the least of your problems. You will be gathered up. Now, my preaching this morning to those who are not connected, I want to say to you, listen up to me. Please, I beseech, I beg you. Don't come to church because you want to have a nice feeling, a nice sing song. Listen to an entertaining preacher and then to go home. Please do not do that because this is serious. This is about life and death. Are you a Christian or you're a non Christian? Are you born again or you're not born again? This is serious. And the mark of a believer, a mark of a Christian, is someone who is plugged in to Christ, grafted in to Christ. Because if you're not, then you're not bearing fruit. Let me move on, because I'm hanging on here a bit longer. Let me move on to my third and final point. Being connected with the first thing, being connected. God is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. And God grafts in those branches. On their own, they will die. But he grafts them into the vine. And because it's Jesus, there's life. The second thing is being disconnected or unconnected. It's not a good thing to be. I wish, I pray this church was packed with people. I, I pray, I wish that I could preach this message to the whole country. 
that people will understand that being connected to Christ is so fundamentally important. Let's move on to the last and final point. And with this I close. Showing life. So what is bearing fruit? Why is it so important? Now the Christian knows that bearing fruit he cannot do on his own. He has to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's absolutely important. The life that Jesus was speaking was the life that comes only by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't know about the Holy Spirit, you think you're a Christian, you never actually be filled with the Spirit, you don't know, then you need to think to yourself, am I truly connected? Because those people who are connected will know something of the Spirit of God. Listen to Jesus. He says this. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Or in other words, he will take what is mine and he will make it known to you. He will take what is mine. What is Jesus's? I'll tell you what what belongs to Jesus. His character. What Jesus was saying that the Holy Spirit will take what is mine, my character, and make it known to you. Well, what is the character of Jesus? Well, we have it explained to us in Galatians. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you look at these words... Every single one of them, you see Jesus fulfilling to the highest point. The highest point. And the Holy Spirit will take what is Jesus, all these wonderful fruits, all these wonderful gifts, and he will make it known to you. Now, I haven't got time to go through all of those gifts, all of those fruits, shall I say. I haven't got time to go through all of those fruits. They're wonderful, every single one of them. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Every single one of them is worth a sermon on its own. I'll just take one this morning. Love. The first one. Love. The Greek word for this word love is agape, which means a sacrificial love, which means a love that puts someone else before yourself. That's what this word love means. Now Jesus turns around and says this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By this, everyone will know that you have a mark of a Christian. Everyone will know And not only have you repented, not only have you had faith in me, not only are you persevering, but also you're bearing fruit. And people will look at you and know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
Love is so important. That's the mark. One of the marks. Doesn't matter if you can know the Bible inside out. Doesn't matter if you could sing louder than anyone else. Doesn't matter how much money you give to the church. All of those things are unimportant. If you do not have love for other Christians, then you are not plugged in. Whatever else you might be doing, you are not grafted into the fine because you haven't got the love that Jesus has feeding through you. Now, people would know that you're Christians simply because you have love for one another. Now, as I close, just three illustrations. You have heard of the term friendly fire. It's a war term. And as I was looking and researching friendly fire in war, the amount of stories on the internet is heartbreaking. Just give you three. In World War II, um, two British submarines were in um, off of France in World War II. And one submarine did not know that the other one was British as well. And because they couldn't make radio contact, one submarine fired missiles at it sunk it completely, killing 52 of their own men. Falklands, in 1982, Royal Marines were mistaken for Argentinian forces. It was dark, but they were Royal Marines, and they were fired on by their own people. Five British officers died in that attack. One guy, and I'll mention his name, his name was Chris Madison. He was a Royal Marine. He was on a, um, a, 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 a patrol boat. And as his patrol boat was coming into base, they thought that his patrol boat was another enemy boat. They fired on that boat, killing Chris Madison outright. Friendly fire in war is always terrible. It happens. It happens in Iraq. It happens over in the other wars that we have against terrorism over in, you know, in, in those Middle East countries. It happens. But when it happens, it is painful. It is hurtful. It is sad. But it happens. And I want to say this this morning. Friendly fire can even happen within churches. Where we are meant to love one another where we're meant to be concerned for one another, where we're meant to be putting others before ourselves, what happens is sometimes, sometimes, in the church, someone gives you something that you don't want. They give you an attitude. They give you something they said to you. They hurt you. It happens in church. It's unfortunate, but that's what happens within the church of God, but this is not God's intention. It's not what Christ wants for his church. What Christ wants for his church is that people from the outside to look in and to say, wow, why are they so different? I go to my workplaces and they're backstabbing and lying and I go to my, my family and they're all talking about one another. But when I come into the church, there's something different that happens here. What is so different about church 
That's a question. And what the answer should be is because the Christ is dwelling within their heart, because they love truly one another. That's why there's a difference. So my final question is this. Are you plugged in? Are you grafted in? Are you one of the branches that because you're connected to the vine, you're producing fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control. They may be not fully grown yet, but they're there and they're growing and they're increasing. There's more patience. There's more self-control. There's more love. It's just coming out of you. You're growing as year ago pie. You're getting stronger in these things. If that is you, then you are connected to the root. You are connected to the vine and you're drawing your strength from Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. But if you're not connected, then you are among the branches you look like a branch you look like someone who worships God but sadly you're not truly connected if that's you I beseech you by the mercy of God to get connected I was praising God because my my friend John Kirby came up to me um, this morning we prayed together didn't we John and on, on, on Tuesday John won't mind me telling you this on Tuesday John prayed with a few guys got connected life joy peace entered into John's life praise be to God only God can do it my friends are you connected if you're a believer you should be praying oh God produce more fruit more fruit in my life I'm not happy with the level of love I'm not happy with the level of patience. Lord God Almighty, produce fruit in my life. If you're a believer, that should be your prayer. But if you're not a born-again Christian, your prayer should be, oh God, forgive me. Oh God, cleanse me. Oh God, plug me in. Fill me with your life. That should be your prayer. I repent. I turn away from that which I know is wicked. Know it's wrong. I turn away from it. Oh God. Plug me into Christ. Give me life. And that prayer will cause heaven to rejoice over one sinner who repents. And over 99 righteous people who do not need. May you be the joy of heaven this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much. Even though this was a tough message, even though, Lord, I said things that really I I may not have wanted to say, I thank you that you can bring joy. But it's you yourself, Lord, who may wound and cut, but you bring healing as well. You speak words, O God Almighty, that may seem to bring low, but you also speak words that will lift up. And I thank you and praise you. And I ask you now, O gracious God, to do a work in this church. Father, I pray with all my heart, Lord God Almighty, do not allow any branches to be hanging around the vine. 
Do not allow any branches just to be here and there, looking like it's connected. My prayer is that by your spirit, oh God, you will take every branch here today, every twig that's here today, every person that may not have life, you may take that one and graft them in to Jesus Christ. That's my prayer. Oh God, do it, we pray, so that Jesus Christ will be honoured, that he will be glorified, that, the, that hell will be emptied out and heaven will be populated this morning. Do it, oh God, we pray. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.